We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events. We're always writing articles. But when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy, soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen, you can get $50 off of any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. What up, everybody? Another episode of the Corner Podcast. By now, you know it's Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale, aka the most. Busy person in journalism. This guy this week is writing about MMA, boxing, music, movies, TV shows, and complaining that he doesn't get enough sleep. You probably shouldn't have 18 million jobs like Uncle Ruckus from the boot docks. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell myself. Um, I, sometimes I just want to take a nap. But this is what I do, man. This is what drives me. So it keeps me busy. It's just Yeah, it's a busy week. We got, we got too much. We got two fights. We got wrestling this weekend. We got... Well, we got three fights. UFC two boxing matches. We uh, Kid Cudi and Kanye just dropped last night. 
which we'll talk about. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, and I have a daughter that doesn't sleep, so this is not exciting. Got to put some respect on her name. She sleeps. She just doesn't sleep when you want her to sleep. And there's a difference in that. So you don't don't control her sleeping habits. You up all the time anyway. She gets it from you. You're dropping random wrestling reviews in the group chat at 3 a.m. The only guy you just watch New Japan. When do you have time to watch New Japan? I like what it does. She woke up the other night, 3:30 in the morning. Um, the day before that, it was four in the morning. This today, she went to sleep at 1 a.m. And she woke up at 5, so when I woke up at 5, I finished watching uh, Best of Super Juniors. So that's when I finished that main event. So I find time to do what I got to do, because when she finally goes to sleep, she just kind of sleeps by me. So that's when I watch Catch Up. But man, it's, it's, it's an exhausting week, bro. Yo, it's no joke, and it's only going to get crazier, because tomorrow we're going to be at Crawford versus Horn. We'll talk about that. Uh, you know, weight limits permitting, we'll be there watching the belt. Uh, be defended tomorrow, and I'm going to be watching the entire UFC event off of your laptop since you have Fight Pass, and I do not. And then I'll have my Showtime app open so I can stream those fights. Um, it's going to be a busy night, man. Busy all the way around. It's crazy, yeah. and we got to juggle everything at the same time. So that's exciting. But before we get into all of that, all of the combat sports for this week, uh, New Japan at the end, we're talking all of that. We got to start where we left off last week, and that's hip-hop beef, Drake versus Pusha T, a beef I thought was going to go on for you know a couple weeks, a month, two months, something. I thought it was going to be the Styles Nakamura, you know, nutshot style feud, where we, we, got the, we got the griminess out of the way early, then we're going to end up with some technique at the end, just real hip-hop, who can spit better bars. Uh, we're not even going to get there. It's one and one, and it was squashed by Jay Prince, who is now the OG homie of OG homies, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting because this thing cuts both ways. You know, on one hand, you know, a lot of the new kids are like, well, who, who, who the fuck is James Prince? How does he say beef is over? Well, do your homework. James Prince is nothing to be fucked with. Rapid Lot Records, Houston, Texas, commands a lot of respect. Um, you know, and obviously Drake, if people remember, he used to have a fascination with Houston rappers, period. But, uh, you know, him and Jay Prince have a pretty formidable relationship. Everybody knows who James Prince is. You know, even boxers know who James Prince is because James Prince is in the boxing business as well. Uh, but when the man says a beef needs to end, he, you should probably listen to him. And the reason being, uh, a friend of mine, William Ketchum, who writes for Billboard, um, interviewed Jay Prince earlier this week, and James Prince was showing him his phone, and there was an exchange of text messages like, you know, stop talking about Pusha T or else this will happen. He was sending addresses of who Jay Prince knows. Now, on the flip side of that, James Prince is a real G. So if that happens, something this is going to be reaction. And these are involving people that we're not saying necessarily saying it's Biggie Tupac level type of beef. But Jay Prince is basically saying before this thing escalates over nonsense, let's dead it down. So I understand because we don't want to see anybody get hurt. Um, things got really personal. Obviously, pushing pushed it, things really far with his last disc. Um, Prince says that, you know, whatever Drake was going to respond with could have ended both uh, Pusha and Kanye's career. Don't know if that's true or not. I guess we'll never know until it leaks like five years from now. Um, but it cuts both ways, like I said, because Drake loses right now. You know, people are like, oh, he lost his battle. But in the long run, if we're forgiving Kanye West for what he said about Trump and, you know, slavery is an option and we're all engaged with the music he's listening, you know, he's creating. Um, are we really going to be upset with Drake? We're still going to be bumping that Scorpion album when it comes out. You know, if you weren't a fan, you, you're just not going to be a fan. So in the long run, this, it's not really going to hurt Drake. But we are going to remember it. It's not something we're going to forget. But, you know, Drake can always say, well, James Prince is the one that canceled this. 
Yeah, I mean, one, I don't know how Kanye's still in this. Like, when uh, Jerry Prince came out, I was like, what does Kanye have to do with it anymore? He's like, it's going to ruin Kanye and Pusha T's career. I was like, yo, Kanye's so out of it. It's like, damn, he's just catching side bullets. Drake and Kanye got a problem that sooner or later they got to handle, too. Because Drake just seems like he just wants to fire on Kanye, like like Kanye's the manager outside the ring. And he keeps doing dastardly shit. Yeah. Um, so Drake and Kanye got a problem. I wanted to see it go more rounds. I wanted to just be good, spirited hip-hop beef. Not real beef. Like, we, we haven't had a real beef in hip-hop in a while. Like, I just wanted it to be good, good-natured hip-hop beef. The, I think the last beef I thought maybe that was going to go over the edge was what? Royce and, and Proof? They oh, wow. both end up damn near shooting each other? Going to jail? Like, that That shit was wild. But outside of that, like, go back to Biggie and Pac before someone's really got their life threatened. Um, and, like, the career-ending nonsense off of a diss. Like, no one's ending anyone's career off of a diss. No. Uh, it's elevated both guys. To be honest, like, Drake isn't did decline off of it. His diss track was actually dope. His just came out first. Um, and the real diss track. I mean, pushed through, like, a jab at him, but it wasn't, like, a full track. Uh, so I, I don't think Drake necessarily loses much. Sure, you know, he'll probably take the paternity test. The baby's not mine. Maury style. And the girls will love him again. And then Pusha T is in the, you know, the national conscience now. So it elevated him to a whole different level. And it's great for hip-hop, usually. The whole excuse is going to be taken too far. Like, that doesn't happen. No one's career is being ended. One person, and one person only I can think of getting their career ended in a beef, and that's Ja Rule. <laughs> like, who also uh, chimed in. Which, I, that shit was out of the blue. But, yeah, ja, ja Rule legit got his career ended. He was on the top of tops. And 50 was like, no, you're over. Uh, sing for hoes like the cookie monster. Like, the... 50 hit him with so many lyrics that were crazy. I was listening to G-Unit album on my way here to do the podcast today. Uh, just the crazy shit he threw at Ja was just so disrespectful. And then he took Ja's whole flow. Pretty much. He ja took, got he, out of here and 50 started singing. He took the whole shit. Yo, it's like he, when you steal somebody's sneakers and then you just wear them out and be like, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what he did with his style. He stole his style and just wore it out and people would, nobody said nothing. Nobody say anything about job. But, but that's like saying someone got whack ass like light up shacks on. You're like, oh, look at his whack ass shacks, blah blah blah. Then you rob him for him and wear him to school the next day. Yeah, and he, <laughs> he tried to make it fresh. It's, it's crazy, but that's what Fifty did. So the one thing I will say about this Kanye thing, because um, I have a feeling, because you know Drake has been uncredited on a lot of Kanye collaborations, which means like I've always said they have this love hate relationship as friends. So I think Kanye's at the root of some of this with giving information to Pusha T um, that fueled P- Pusha T's this. That's what I think happened. And that's why I think Kanye got it. He's in the middle of it now. And that's why I also think Kanye went on social media and was like, it's all love, bro. It's all love. It's because you, you probably got caught out there saying something you shouldn't have said. <laughs> so that being said, I mean, if the beef is over, the beef is over. It's fine. It's whatever. You know, because Pusha wasn't about to let this go. You know, when you're working from the bottom... Um, you really have nothing to lose. And Pusha didn't have anything to lose. And plus, he's, you know, he's coming very cutthroat with this. So he didn't have nothing to lose. And Drake really doesn't have anything to gain, no matter what happens. So ultimately, yeah, I guess everybody will get over it and move on. Um, but yeah, man, just understand, like, people keep asking who Jay Prince is. Do your homework. Jay Prince, actually, my friend Jazz Walters, Jazz Waters has written a book on Jay, Jay Prince. It's his uh, memoir that comes out in two weeks. 
Um, she wrote the book, and I highly suggest to a lot of people to get it and support her. Uh, she's, I have to I have to plug her because she's the homie. She wrote for This Is Us this past season. Um, and she's writing Jim Carrey's new show, Kidding. Uh, we go way back. If anybody saw my Instagram recently, I have a picture of me, Jazz, Loki, and uh, K- Kieran, who works with Nas now, uh, from a listening session from like 2009. But uh, Jazz wrote Jay Prince's book, and she, she'll be the first one to tell you, he don't fuck around. So it is what it is. The beef is over. We'll move on. One day, if that track does exist, I guess we'll hear it. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it gets leaked, man. I, I just want to hear dope diss tracks. That the Pusha T joint sent me down memory lane. I was playing like diss tracks between now and like '89. Like yeah. I, I went back decades on diss tracks. I played the bridges over three times back. Like I was funk flex. Like, I was gonna <laughs> drop bombs on it. Like I, I was that hype um, off of it. So it was good while it lasted. I guess you know whatever. We got a a, a little taste of real hip hop beef. Uh, we were touching on Kanye though. I haven't listened to the Kanye and Cuddy album. I refuse to listen to it day of. I let everyone else do the madness, and I just try to stay away from it, listen to it in time. Uh, it took me three days to listen to Kanye's album last week. That shit was trash. I haven't listened to it again since. You, obviously, uh, a man in the culture, probably listened to it. If you have, what do you think of it so far? It's actually good. Um, oh, shit. It's, Is it more Cuddy than Kanye? Yes, it okay. is very I'm, much. I'm fine with that. Yeah, it's very much a reflection of Cuddy and Kanye from back in the, the Man on the Moon days. Um, and my only issue with it, and people, and people have been trying to kill me on social media, they say, you know, I'm mad at Kanye. But Kanye doesn't really add too much value to it. And it's become the analogy I use is that director who makes great movies and then he always puts himself in the movie. And you're like, stop putting yourself in the movie. Like, why are you still in the movie? That's who, who Kanye is. Like, behind the boards for the Push album, was phenomenal. But then the, the Poopity Scoop rap showed up and it was like, come on. Like, oh, there was more Poopity Scoop? It, well, it's, it's not really. Movies, yeah, I Poopity think, Scoop style rap. It's, it's, Kanye's just not a good rapper and I keep saying this, but his production on this this particular project, this should have been a Cuddy solo album with Kanye producing. I don't, there's a guest spot on um, Re, Reborn, I, I can't remember what it's called. I think it's called Reborn. Oh uh, yeah, Reborn. Uh, which sounds like the spiritual uh, successor to Pursuit of Happiness. Ooh. And I, I was a big fan of Pursuit of Happiness. And I'm not the biggest Kid Cudi fan. Full disclaimer, I've never been, I feel like it, some of his music is very depressing. Yeah. But he, I love I always like that shit. Yeah, like Man on the Moon, fire. Yeah, so so this this project, Seven Songs, um, and it's Cudi, you know, a return to form for him. He's been through a lot with his mental health issues, which has become a huge topic with Anthony Bourdain's suicide, Kate Spade's suicide. This shit is getting out of control. But, you know, the fact that he's coming out and seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and making music again that's reminiscent of the music that we heard back on the Man in the Moon days and day and night is great. Uh, it's just Kanye as a rapper just doesn't doesn't really add anything. There's a song with Most Def that made me think, damn, these two should do an album together. Cuddy and Most Def got a really great song. It's the title track on the, uh, the, the well, I'll call it the EP, but it's an album. <laughs> it's an EP. It's called yeah, A Spade, A Spade. It's whatever. It's like whatever you want to call it. Whatever you put out, there's no such real difference between an album and a mixtape nowadays either. Um, but yeah, like, you know, people like, you just hate, you don't want to say it's good. No, it's good. I, I did my Billboard piece. It's good. I just think it should have been a Cuddy album because Kanye already got his spotlight for his album last week, which is trash. But this, this is a good Kid Cudi album. And I, I highly recommend it if people, for, if you haven't heard it yet, I highly recommend you sit down and listen to it if you're a Cudi fan. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, um, man, Kanye is now the wrestler who needs to be in the tag team. 
he's like, ah, shit, I, you, you look at, I don't want to say Matt Hardy because that's disrespectful. <laughs> but they, that's what they're doing with Matt Hardy. He had that quick solo run and you're like, eh, okay. You know, we want to see Final Deletion style shit. But it was like right back into the tag team. You were your brother, you were Wyatt. Like, he's in that role again. And it's crazy. See, Kanye, he's only dope when he's with other people. DJ Khaled. Well, he's he's kind of become this guy who, uh, we, like, his production's never really been in question, like, ever. We've never really, really sat down and was like, Kanye's like a terrible producer. He makes questionable choices, but he's never been a terrible producer. Like, he knows what he's doing. And when he needs to provide a sound for Pusha T, which is like an edgier, more hip-hop, chomp-and-sample sound, he did it, and he accomplished that. He created that aesthetic. For Kid Cudi, he created the sound of the moody, atmospheric production, he nailed it. But when he does it for himself, he doesn't really know who he is. So now he it's just really confusing. I so feel like, like in life he doesn't know who he is. Like it's a reflection exactly. of himself. He's like one of those people who, you know, he could he could never talk about himself, but he could talk about other people. He's like he's become that, which is not true about Kanye. Kanye could talk about himself all day. But the fact of the matter is he knows how to orchestrate and conduct and produce an album. And that's what he did with Cuddy. That's what he did with Pusha. Next week is Nas, which is the really interesting one that I'm truly waiting on because it's not in this camp. It's somebody that has been beat deficient for like an eternity. And uh, Kanye is supposed to be doing seven, albums, seven songs with Nas. So this, this is what I'm interested in. Kanye's still whack. Don't get it confused. I think he's a lame individual human being. But the man can make great music. I can separate the two. That's the key, man. Um, with that being said, how surprised are you that we actually are going to get an album a week? When this first came out, when the schedule first came out, you came on this podcast and said, don't hold your breath, that no. these all come out. And he's rolling them out in succession over and over and over. This is, uh, the, this is the equivalent of Floyd fighting twice a year when he signed that Showtime deal. Because I, I was like, yo, for real? <laughs> I didn't think he was really going to do it because the way he, he took time between fights. But this is the equivalent. Like Kanye, granted, the rollout has not been smooth. Like these... You know, these albums are coming out the next day. They're not even finished. Like, Mike Dean was mixing down at 3 in the morning last night. It's not an ideal rollout. Which is ridiculous. You announced it a yeah. month ago. Yeah. So, it's it, you know, they're getting, the fact of the matter is they're getting done. And I'm surprised. Like I said, the true test will be this Nas album. Because I don't think Nas is in Wyoming or wherever the fuck Kanye is these days. So, that, that'll that be the true test. If, that, if I see that and it materializes and it sounds finished and deliberate, then, hey, man, you, you did it. You lived up to what you said. You're a weirdo. You're a nutcase, but you did it. You're acting like one of your 18 million jobs ain't going to send your ass to Wyoming soon. No, nah, I didn't. I mean, we going to be doing this podcast remote. Like, yo, Dre, where you at right now? Man, I'm in Wyoming. <laughs> they, like, see, and I've all, I said that. Like, if you were on assignment and you went to Wyoming or you were in California last night and that was your assignment, you got paid to do that, then I understand. But all these hanger-ons that get those invitations, like, if I'm sitting at home right now and I got an invitation, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go unless it was guaranteed I'd get to sit down with Kanye West so I could drill the shit out of him. Otherwise, I'm not going to be your fanboy. I'm not your cheerleader. So, yeah, and hopefully none, none of these places think, man, we should send Andreas out there. Because all the bad <laughs> shit that I've written about Kanye, man, I'll probably have an argument with Kim before Kanye. I'm sure she probably read some of this shit. Oh, shit. Talking about Kim. Oh, yeah. Kim and Kanye's right-hand man came together and, and worked on it to pardon this grandma. Uh, listen, I've seen this shit at work all week. I forgot the lady's name. Bless her heart, whatever. If she ain't do it, she ain't deserve life sentence. Kudos for her. But it took Kim Kardashian standing up and saying that this woman should be pardoned. And Trump was like, boom, let's do it. Because it's publicity. Because it's the Kardashian name. Because when 
the Keeping Up with Kardashians season 33 airs later this year. You're going to see Kim getting dressed and squeezing her fake ass into a, a very tiny size zero dress and walking her way through the White House. And Trump just looking at none but culo the entire time like a perv, wondering if he can in fact grab her by the pussy on live television. But instead saying, you know what, Kim, boom, I'll pardon this for you. And uh, at this point, it's it's a mockery. It's hilarious. Like, we're living in bizarre world. So Kim K can get pardoned. Athletes can't kneel. And then we have Trump just dipping his toe. I feel like he's mocking us. Dipping his toe into the combat sports realm and pardoning, uh, who was it, Jack Johnson? Yeah. And then now wanting to pardon Ali. Which is bizarre. Which is ri- you know, ridiculous. The guy you have nothing to pardon him for anymore. Exactly. He's um, absolved. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. This, I mean, this is all, you know, people are like, well, at least she got somebody off. I mean, you know, Obama pardoned, I believe, and excuse it, about 1,800 people last year. So this is not that much. Um, but the fact that it's done for publicity is going to be a problem for me because if it didn't take Kim Kardashian talking about a, a grandma who's, you know, facing life on some trumped up drug charges. Yeah, that's one good deed, but that doesn't, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day, so you got one. Um, Muhammad Ali doesn't need a pardon. Instead, why don't you look at what Muhammad Ali done and recognize, like, oh, shit, I'm doing what the oppressors did to Ali by keeping him out of a boxing ring to these athletes in the NFL. Address the problem. I don't know how, the, how you divorce, and, and people keep doing this. I love Ali, but I hate these players uh, protesting national anthem. How are you divorcing the two? Ali was protesting going to the war. Ali would have took a knee right with him. People are choking yeah. if they don't think that was happening. I mean, it's crazy how people have divorced the two, and it's like, oh, man, he's going to pardon Ali. What the fuck does that mean? Because we got Colin Kaepernick, who, who's actually going to – it looks like uh, you know, Trump is going to get called to testify, which is going to be nuts. But we have, we have Colin Kaepernick doing what Ali did, a similar thing, and Trump is mad, but he's going to pardon Ali. This is, I mean, this is craziness, man. Like, it is, it's a big-ass publicity stunt. It'll end up on the Kardashians with a special guest feature by Donald Trump. Like, what is the last president that's ended up on a reality show? Um, uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> bingo. I mean, he was, he was running reality TV at one point. But it's whack, man. I'm glad Grandma got off. I, you know, trumped-up drug charges are the worst. I, I think everybody has a family member who's in jail for something that's like, dude, you're really in jail for longer than a child molester for a couple ounces. That's crazy, but that our judicial system's fucked up. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and that's what everyone's trying to say. And then Trump is the stupidest shit he said today was, "I want the athletes to come to me and give me ideas for people to pardon." Yeah, what is like, that? So, so you're gonna pardon? Let's say the NFL athletes, give them fifty ideas of people to pardon. He pardons fifteen. Is this gonna say it's not fixing the problem? No, it's no. not. Yo, okay, I'll let your cousin out. Then just stop kneeling. Shut up. It's systematic. Yeah. It's everywhere. It's not three black people who've been assaulted by cops. This shit's happening three times a week. The he's, athletes no, are now he, getting fucked up by cops. Like, on the regular. He, he's really clueless, man. I mean, your man, Donald Trump, is clueless. And, you know, he doesn't give a shit. He looks for... He wants brownie points. He wants somebody to be like, oh, yeah, you did good, Trump. Congratulations. No, fuck off. And you know why he wanted a pat on the back, especially this week? I feel like he's so happy right now. Just feet up in the Oval Office, smirking, because the Eagles were uninvited. (laughs) 
He said he is not extending an invite to the NBA champion after Braun already said, fuck you, get out of here. And we know how Steve Kerr feels. Right. So no one was going to that. But he was like, you know what? You're not invited. That's that's the epitome of being a nerd. Like when you're a nerd and you hand out like the little flyers, you'd be like, oh, my party's this weekend. I hope everyone comes. Hands out flyers. And then when would be like, cool kids be like, rip that shit up right in front of you. I don't want you to come anyway. Like, why the fuck you give me an invite then? Shut up. Like, it, it's he's he's a giant nerd. But so he uninvites them. Uh, today, he was just utterly in love with Ovechkin. I'm pretty sure he just found out he was Russian. He was like, oh, sign me up. So the Capitals will be at the White House, it looks like. And um, CM Punk, though, had one of my favorite quotes of the weekend. Where he clearly, it's like, I'm not going. He was like, I wouldn't go. And I forgot who he gave it as an example um, to someone else's house. He was like, I'm not going to go to the White House because the man David who lives Duke. in it. David Duke. Yeah, thank you. David Duke. He was like, because the man who lives in it. He was like, a racist is a racist in any house. It's like, bingo. And that's that's what it comes down to. Like, yo, we're not... No one's boycotting going to the White House. Like, uh, that's still an honor to go to the White House. They just are boycotting him so strong that they will give up on this honor. People don't realize, like, everyone looks at LeBron and, like, these stars who were in the NBA for, like, 15, 16 years. They don't look at the people who are in the league for two, three years. This is their only time to ever step in the White House. Ever, ever, ever in life. Hollowed halls, damn near. It's our country's history. This isn't somewhere everyone goes. And if you take your little BS tour, you don't stand on the lawn. You ain't in the Oval Office. Feet on the carpet. Like, this is one of their only times in life. For 60, 70% of these guys. And they dislike him so much. They're like, you know what? I'll pass. That's like saying you go to the moon. You're not even an astronaut. Yo, we're going to put you on the moon. Okay, cool. You're going to meet Donald up there. Nah, fuck that. I don't got to see the moon. Like, it's like, what? <laughs> it's like, nah, 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 I'm good, man. He there? I, I ain't going there. It's, it's that serious. And people don't understand that. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for a lot of people, and they're fronting on him. That's how bad the guy is. The shit's incredible, man. Um, but that's, that's Trump in a nutshell. Uh, CM Punk. Shout out to Punk for, uh, you know, speaking his mind and standing up. And that was pretty much one of the only tidbits of personality we got out of him this weekend. Um, it amazes me how boring he is in the lead-up to these fights. Like, yeah, I mean, we, we thought that was a strong suit, right? Yeah, I mean, he just won against the WWE doctor, so he's chilling. That was the only time, like, and they said he was crying in court, understandable. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like a ridiculous amount of money for just, you know, telling the truth about a situation. Even if, yeah. like, if the man's concussing, he forgets a couple details, whatever, he's just telling the story on a podcast. Lord knows how many people want to sue Bruce Pritchard. Right. Off of some shit. Like, you just can't, it, it was stupid. And all the, he talked about, you know, the lawyer fees, and they just wanted to bleed him of money that he earned. And, like, it, and then if he would have lost the amount of money he would have had to come up off of, it was like something stupid, like $10 a person who listened to that episode. How do you get that number? Like, it's ridiculous. I don't even... And then Coca Banner don't got that money. So Coco Banner's just sweating out in court. Punk is Punk is tight, but he's gonna make that this weekend. Yeah, he's gonna do all right. Colt, Colt, eh, Colt would have been out of it for a second. So they won. He's happy. Um, it's people assumed it was gonna affect him during fight week. 
uh, it came out in positive nature. He says it doesn't. If it would have came out negatively, I don't know how he would have buried his head in the sand. But um, it, it's, it's cool to see that now we're going on. He made weight. We saw that today. The question now, though, um, is does he ever go back to WWE? Or is no. this it? This is it. And we this see people there- come back off some shit. Yeah, but this, he's not one of them. Uh, Punk is wired differently. He's not a t- he's not a guy who just he needs wrestling. Like his life is not going to be defined by just wrestling. I mean, he moved on to write comic books, so on and so forth. And he seems like a man of his word too. So it's like this whole thing with Vince McMahon, you know, uh, his release forms when he was getting married and, and this, the lawsuit and everything else. I just don't see him ever coming back. And I, I don't see that. I don't see that bridge necessarily being mended. Um, maybe he gets in the Hall of Fame, but I don't think we see him compete in a in a WWE ring ever again. And, I, and, and to be honest, why? Why would he? It's not like he needs it. He's a, he's a pretty frugal guy, from what everybody said. That you know he doesn't spend money like water. So, you know, he saved up a good chunk of change. He's, he's fighting in the UFC, living out a dream. Why why go backwards? Why put yourself through that that kind of traumatize you? You know that 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 wear and tear on your body as an older individual who's now training MMA. Why go back? Yeah, that's, I mean, I don't know. Is isn't there just that draw? Like you, it's so hard to think that this guy who who ushered in this new wave of wrestling, he changed the WWE. Yeah, we complain about shitty booking and all that stuff. He he didn't change the front office. He couldn't fire you know Road Dog and Pat Patterson and all these type of people, but he changed the talent. So now we have very talented people doing shitty booking. Yeah. So, I mean, he changed a, a whole dynamic of the industry, which is ridiculous. And to see him not kind of make that that final, like, hurrah and come back, it's sad. Like, don't we got to see him up on, on the screen as a Hall of Famer, right? The Ultimate Warrior buried the hatchet. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they could they could fix it to where he gets you know inducted into the Hall of Fame, but I just don't think he'll be competing as a pro wrestler in a WWE ring. I just everything that's been said with this lawsuit now, um, the way he went out, and everything that he's kind of given to the pro wrestling business, I just don't see any purpose for him you know wrestling again. Is he Things all in? Change. Do you think he's all in it? WWE? No, I, I honestly don't think he cares about pro wrestling. I think he doesn't care about it at all. I think he's one of those people. Once it's over, it's over, and there's really no going back. Wow! Like, I think, I think he shows up at least. If he loses, I'm not surprised. If maybe he does like a spot, see if he gets an itch, like you know, maybe takes a bump. Um, just to have people go crazy. Him and Cody, uh, you know, stare down or something, just to see if he gets that feeling, gets that itch to come back. That's if he, you know, if the truth knocks his ass out this weekend. Um, but if he wins, like clearly continue. I see him continuing to fight in the UFC and. He maybe makes an appearance, waves at the crowd in Chicago, and that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, but I, I think he shows up. So people in attendance, if that's what you're banking on, I, I think you see CM Punk, you know, go there, shake hands, kiss babies, and, and then bounce. Um, let's get to the actual fights. UFC 225. Uh, right before we started this podcast, I put in a group chat. I was like, man, there's not a bad fight on 225. And I completely forgot about Punk fight. Uh, but <laughs> outside of that, and it's a farce, it's okay. Like the guys, you no, know, in, in fantasy camp, that's fine. He's going to bring a lot of money and a lot of people are going to watch to see if he gets knocked out. So, um, he does his job as well, but let's go through some of the fights on the card. We have, uh, Santiago versus Dan. I, uh, I can skip the Santiago fight. 
Let's go. Uh, Clay Guida versus Charles Oliveira. That's an interesting fight. Um, and I, jeez, uh, I can't. Oliveira just hasn't been the same guy. You know, he's not. The, he hasn't been the jujitsu specialist. And, and I thought Clay Guida was done. Um, after the Brian Ortega fight, but he's won two in a row since then. So I'm going to go with Clay Guida. I think he's just going to use his wrestling and then Captain Caveman pulls out the victory. Yeah, I mean, I don't trust Guida like that. <laughs> I'm going to go with Oliveira. I mean, he, okay, Paul Felder wrecked him, right? But he has yeah. wins over Will Brooks, Miles Jury, Jeremy Stevens, Lil Heathen, and Nick Lentz. Like, those are good wins. They are. You're right. So it's like, man, he, he's beat good competition. He just gets ugly fights sometimes. Like, lost Max Holloway, understandable. Felder, understandable. Um, Anthony Pettis, that's kind of shitty. Uh, you don't get tapped by Anthony Pettis, too. That sucks. And then Ricardo Yamas, all right. Like, I'll, I'll take that resume over Clay Guida's right now. Joe Lozon, all right. Like, Eric Hott, I, I don't think it's the same. Ortega gave him business. Tavares gave him the business. Uh, Bermudez. So I, I just don't see it in favor of uh, Guida this weekend. But it's going to be an exciting fight. And Clay Guida has one of the best entrances in MMA. He's just a, a wild man. So that's going to be cool. And this prelim card, by the way, is better than maybe the last four top-to-bottom cards that they've had on FS1. Yeah, you're right. I don't I don't understand how this is a fight past prelims. Um. Joseph Benavidez versus Sergio Pettis, which may be a number one contender's fight. It is. I mean, Joseph Benavidez is your perennial pass card. This is insane. (laughs) I feel like Benavidez, who I see from time to time, because he, you know, Megan Olivia doesn't live too far from me, and uh, you know, I see them randomly at you know downtown Summerlin. Um, I'm going to ask him next time, just all completely off the record, like, dog, how disrespected do you feel? Like, to be the, basically, the only guy that you lose to is the top dog of the division, who is also the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world. It's the only guy that you lose to, yet you're on a fight pass card. What? He's not even headlining the fight pass prelims. This is insane <laughs> to me. This is like a next level of disrespect, because if Pettis wins, you know, this vaults him into a title fight. I don't know if Benavides wins if he gets a title fight. No, I don't, he's already I don't had think two. so. Yeah, like... Cejudo winning, that Cejudo fight was close. Um, yeah. I, they, he didn't get dominated by Cejudo. People could, saw it either way. Cejudo you know, wins that fight. All indications is that he gets the rematch against Mighty Mouse next. So you're one fight away from a title shot, and you, you're now in the prelims? I mean, the fight past prelims, something that a majority of people I don't think even have. So this... Sucks for Benavides. That being said, I think Joseph Benavides wins. I think Sergio Pettis is getting better every fight. But Benavides. But he lost great. to Cejudo. Cejudo yeah. lost to uh, Benavides. But if Sergio beats Benavides, boom, number one contender. Yeah, I mean, MMA math never really works out unless you're just really looking at styles. But, uh, it's just ridiculous, just, though. Yeah, Benavides has just got great hands. He's a great wrestler. Pettis, his striking is not like his brother's. He's got a solid ground game. But I think he I think he just loses this fight. I think Benavides wins. And Be- he just remains a guy who probably won't get another title shot for a long time. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what you're doing. I think Benavides wins as well. I mean, if he wins this fight, he'd be undefeated since December 14, 2013. Yeah. There's no reason not to give this guy another shot. Like, you, I don't even care if he loses at this point. Like, if you're not going to make Mighty Mouse take a, a super fight, quote-unquote, fuck it. 
then he has to fight him again. I don't care if they fight five times. I mean, let's just point this out. Joseph Benavides has four losses on his MMA record. Two were to Demetrius Johnson and two were to Dominic Cruz. What the fuck? <laughs> it gets it, Listen, for a guy who isn't a champion, it, he's up there with the guys who, who haven't touched gold. This, I mean, this is Frankie Edgar type match. Yeah, like you, you, you are, are like him, Uriah Faber. Even Faber slipped up a little towards the end. Like, man, you got the worst luck ever, and that's just it. You, you've Crazy. been the second best guy for a decade. Let me also point out something else. He lost two of those four fights he lost by split decision. One was to Demetrius Johnson, uh, the first, first time he one. fought. Yep. And the other one was to Dominic Cruz. He's only been stopped one time, and that was a shocking knockout by Demetrius Johnson. And he, he lost by unanimous decision, I believe. I was there for that fight to Dominic Cruz, and there was bad blood between them. That was like really the, the beginning beginning of all Dominic Cruz beating up Team Alpha Male. Alpha fail and stuff, yep. Yeah, so it's like... I'm thinking about this like, man, what's really keeping Benavides from being ranked in the pound-for-pound conversations? I mean, the guy's only lost to the best and the guy who a lot of people considered at the time the second or third best. That's crazy. And he lost to those guys in his prime. Like, in their prime. It's nuts nuts what Benavides has accomplished. And I've overlooked it. And I'm I'm guilty of this. But the UFC, this is ridiculous. (laughs) Fight past prelims. The co-main on the fight past prelims. Joseph Benavides. Uh, light heavyweight return for Rashad Evans versus Anthony Smith. Um, I think Rashad is a wrap. I think he gets knocked out. And no, that's, I hope that's, you're not, wrong. Like, that's not a plug on Anthony Smith necessarily. I, I just think it's over. The change in weight's not going to help. Yeah, I mean, he's lost four in a row. Him going down to middleweight didn't do him any good. He looked completely spent against Daniel Kelly and Sam Alvey. Um, before that, losing to Teixeira and Bader didn't help. Um, so, it's, you know... Yeah, Rashad, I think what is he's 38 now, something like that. Um, Which is crazy. He's younger than Cormier. Cormier hasn't slowed down at all. Yeah, you know, Rashad's got a lot of mileage on him. Yeah, Rashad's so, 38. Yeah, so, you know, you look at this fight and you're like, all right, well, you know, could he beat Anthony Smith? Sure, if he can wrestle and keep him down. But, you know, if he wants to throw hands, he's going to get knocked out. Um, Damn, but I'm gonna go out four of, fights I'm gonna ago, he was 19 and 3. What a record. Yeah, I'm going to go out on him. I'm going to say Rashad Evans finds a way to win this fight. Um, it hangs around a little bit longer. Um, but his time's up. He's, if he's hanging around, he's literally just hanging around until somebody punches him in the face again. Yeah, John Jones took his soul. Yeah. It was it was all over after that. John Jones, the injuries, um, man. So we'll see. I don't I don't see it happening. But I understand, like, the, you know what, get one while you go out. And if he wins, he better retire. He should. Just, just leave on top. Uh, heavyweights, Rashad Coulter. Versus Chris De La Ruca. Toss up. Yo, I looked at these guys at the the media day face-offs. I was like, it looks like two guys about to fight in a bagel shop. <laughs> yeah, I'm picking Rashad Coulter here. Um, I'm taking Coulter too, but by like it's yeah. gonna be a knockout. It's not going to three. Oh yeah, somebody's going to sleep. So somebody that's why I think it's a, it, it'll be a fun fight. Just on paper, you just look and then you look at him, you'd be like, damn, like the sanitation guy is about to knock out this grocery store worker. Yeah, man. Come on, get the janitor out of here. <laughs> so, it looks like. Uh, we have Ricardo Yamas versus Mursad Bektik. Um, Yamas wins. Like, it, yeah. Uh, it'd be a good Dude. fight, though. I mean, the, the Emmett fight was weird because Josh Emmett caught him with a good one, but Josh Emmett missed weight. 
Yeah, he was fat. And big, like by a lot. Yeah. So I, I don't know. You know, lost it to Max Holloway, Chad Mendes before then, Jose Aldo. He still hasn't lost to someone like really mediocre to me. So I think he's still got something to take. No, I agree. I mean, Rashad Bektik is, is a very good uh, featherweight on the rise. Um, you know, he has a legit shot at winning this, but I think a lot of people put a lot of stock in what happened in the Josh Emmett fight and think that Ricardo Lamas is shot. He's really not. So I'm picking Lamas here as well. I, think, I just think he's uh, he's still got a lot left, man. He's yeah, Bektik has had one real challenge, and that was Elkins and got KO'd. Exactly. So Which I, was a crazy KO because he was dominating that fight, and he got wiped. He got like caught the with the head kick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was dirty. Uh, then we have Claudio Galdeja versus Carla Esparza. Cookie Monster. Um, cookie Monster gets worked. Uh, Car- Claudia is just going to have her whole hand in the cookie jar. All fight. And I don't even think it's going to be close. It's going to be a drubbing. It might It might just be one of those where like the ref just stops it out of just sympathy. <sighs> I'd like to agree with you here. I think I think Claudia's going to win, um, but I think you know Carla's. She's really underrated, man. I mean, really? she, <laughs> I thought she. I think she's overrated. I don't. I, I think you know a lot of people thought. I mean, I said that the last fight, like my huge underdog pick for her last fight was against Cynthia Calvillo, and everybody's like, "Oh, this is Calvillo. It's going to be easy," and she worked her. Like people forget, Carla Sparza is an excellent wrestler. She just doesn't have much to do with her hands. So when she's fighting a striker like Joanna and Jacek, for instance, she's going to get washed. Carla's a, a pretty good striker, but her conditioning is always in question. It's a three-round fight, so she has, she'll have a better advantage here. I think she wins the fight as long as she doesn't allow Carla to take her down. Carla's got great takedowns, and then she stays on top of you and doesn't let you do anything. This is what yeah. she did to Calvillo. This is what she did to Milo Moroz. This is what, she's, what she did to Rose Damanunas when she won the inaugural uh, strawweight title. Um, so she has a legit shot here. I just think Claudia's, you know, she's got pretty good stand-up. She should find a way to keep Carla off her. Yeah, I just think her 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 whole shtick was built for when women's MMA wasn't multidimensional. It was like the Rou- Rousey days and yeah. the early UFC days where it was like, yo, my one technique is better than your one technique. And I think now we just see too many people who are too well-rounded. And, yeah, uh, I-, yeah I, I think Claudia wins easily in this fight. Um yeah, Carla's just one trick pokey in that, in that, and I I don't think that one trick is even great because she can't really fight off her back. So I think she gets no. pummeled even if it does go to the ground. Um, we had the Alistair the Reem Overeem. This is Curtis Blades. Um, Blades is one of the best unassuming fighters on the roster. I look at him and I'm like, yo, this guy is so nice. You look at him, he smiles, he got the beard, got the teddy bear vibe going. Like, what? And then he just somehow wrestles the hell out of people. Now we're getting back to the one-trick ponies, but his one trick's one hell of a trick. And uh, I don't know. Sooner or later, this is the big bump up in competition for him. I understand he he survived in Ganu. Three rounds. I'm going to give him a split decision win. But I wouldn't be surprised if he gets knocked the hell out. Yeah, see, this is one of those crazy fights for me because, like, uh, Curtis Blades is a huge favorite. Um, well, not huge. I think he's like a two to one or two and a half to one favorite here. That's a lot. And, yeah, it, it, it's a lot for somebody like Overeem. Yeah, you know, people want to say Overeem is washed up. But, yeah, I mean, against big punchers, he loses. That's been like the history of Alistair Overeem. If you catch him, you can put him to sleep. Miocic, Ngannou, Rothwell who caught him, Brown, 
Silva, all guys with big power. Curtis Blades is decent power, but he's a wrestler first. So if Overeem can find a way to st- keep the fight upright, I think he wins this fight and picks him apart. Um, What's crazy is I'm looking and we have, what, 10 fights? Uh, no, 11 fights for Blades. One, two, three. Three have gone to the judges. No, that's a lie. Wait, nope. We have two have gone to the judges. The other one was a stoppage cut of knee injury. So he has eight knockouts in his career. And I don't think of a yeah. guy with heavy hands. They're like all grounded pounds. They're, they are. And they're, I mean, they're against lesser competition, too. I mean, Cody East, come on. So it's like, you know, it's a huge step up. Now, the Mark Hunt fight, you're fighting a guy like Mark Hunt who's short. Um, you know, he's not very quick. He doesn't have great technique, but he can catch you. But he just wrestled him. Overeem's a little bit, he's, he's a little bit smoother with the stand-up. He just has to stay upright. That's really all he has to do. If he can find a way to do that and not be dumb and get caught, he wins this fight. I don't think Blaze has the technique to knock him out in a stand-up. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say, Alistair Overeem, I wouldn't be surprised if Blaze won. It's just a matter of if I Blaze almost took that. This is a smart bet, though. Like, yeah, if you had to this, put some money down, I might take the ring. Yeah, there's, there's value in betting on Alistair Overeem. Like, Curtis Blaze is a great wrestler, but he's not a guy that's just working people over. So... I'm going to go and let me say Overeem here as long as he, you know, he doesn't get taken down. It's a big if, but I'm willing to say that Overeem finds a way to win this fight. Yo, do you know we're going to have to start talking betting odds and shit soon? It's national, baby. I know, right? We're going to have to start throwing that in the podcast. Um, main card time. Fight of the night. CM Punk versus Mike the Truth Jackson. And thank you that they stopped calling him Michael Jackson. Mike the Truth Jackson uh, one shout out to him, friend of the podcast, been on the show. He wore the, the chick magnet t-shirt. That shit had me in tears. Uh, he has a Black Panther version shirt with the, uh, with the gauntlet on. He, he's doing promo the right way. They kind of whacked him out. They didn't put him on the embedded series. Just put CM Punk, which lets you know if Mike, the true Jackson wins this fight, he's not going to follow up UFC fight, by the way. Uh, that is it for him. But this fight, on the other hand, it's, you know, I think CM Punk probably has the advantage on the ground. I, I don't know if he's a wrestler. How the hell do you get truth to the ground? That's the biggest thing. Maybe if he's on the ground, you could choke him out. But he, how do you get him to the ground? Um, truth has been in more fights, like honest to God fights in his life standing up. He's at least fought people for real, whether it's in boxing, kickboxing. Um, MMA is not that, you know, impressive as far as his history, but he has real fights. I'm going to say CM Punk by shitty decision. Yeah, you might be right, man. Like the home, the home crowd. What I just saw in fucking what was that, London or whatever. If the crowd, if the crowd oozes and ass for you, you don't really got to touch a guy. You you just got to throw punches to win a fight. So yeah, I mean, ultimately, it really comes down to can CM Punk, you know, not get clipped standing up because that's what Mike's looking to do, and that's really all he's looking to do. Um, if the fight gets on the ground, I don't know what Mike can do. I don't know if there's anything, you know, that he knows what to do, how to get up. We saw against the golf fight, as soon as he got the fight taken to the ground, it was over. So, But, I mean, Mickey's a whole different beast. Of course. So, yeah, I think I'm, I'm on board with you on this. I think CM Punk finds a way to get a win, I think. Um, I think it's a shitty decision, though. Like, I think our eyes will tell us he lost. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's really a matter of how CM Punk chooses to approach this fight. All fights start standing up. But if Punk, who has no stand-up, chooses to stand there, he's going to get beat up. And it's not going to be pretty. But I, I'm pretty sure his team's going to say, take him down as soon as it starts. But does Find he have wrestling? Like, 
that that's the key. Like jujitsu guys, notoriously in MMA, have had punching power to get people to the ground. Unless you're Damian Maya, in which you just backpack them. Outside of that, like there's one, like there's probably one, two, like who have legit wrestling takedown skills. That's it. Yeah, I mean the other the other side of the coin is is Mike. Can Mike Jackson stop a takedown? Can CM Punk shoot for a takedown? Like, can you shoot without getting kneed in the face? I, That's what I, it comes down to. Look, look, I suggest that they tie up pro wrestling style to open the fight. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. I just want the truth to do the Nakamura head on chest, arm wiggle, and yeah, then we and can that. start fighting after that. <laughs> and right. You know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm switching my pick. I'm actually pick, picking Mike Jackson here. The more I think <laughs> about it, I just don't know, like, can CM Punk shoot for a takedown? Will Cage Jitters get to him? If Mike hits him, does he know what to do? So I'm actually going to go with Jackson here because the fight starts standing up. I wouldn't be surprised if Punk won, but I'm going to pick Jackson. Yeah. I, I think Jackson would win the fight through my eyes and get the raw end of a decision. There's too much money in Punk. Um, Arlovsky versus Tuivasa. Oh, Arlovsky's getting knocked out. Oh, yeah. Ty is going to knock him out and do a shoey. Right in the ring. Um, Hopefully, he takes the the ref shoe right there and just does a shoey. So, no, Ty's knocking him out in the first round. Might not be the first round, but I think he'll get to him. Oh, Arlovsky? Glass jaw Arlovsky? Yeah, I mean, he he looked good in his last fight. uh, Last two fights, Struve and Junior Albini when Albini was wearing the diaper. Um, (laughs) He looked good in both of those fights. Oh, you know, God. You, I just remember you have to find a way to get him. Stipe, Reem, Nganu. Yeah, you can't count those. Just just move on. Two of us is going to win, but Arlovsky's not completely washed. He might last around. Yeah, yeah. Travis Brown honestly should have knocked his ass out, too. I don't know how he caught Travis Brown. That was nuts. But uh, now we know it's, you know, Travis Brown is Travis Brown. Uh, why does he have... Oh, he beat Frank Mir, too, huh? Everyone's bringing Frank Mir back then. Well, I'll be. Uh, no, he still gets knocked out tomorrow. And then uh, we have Holly Holm versus Megan Anderson. Man, Sneaky fight of the night. I hate that this yeah. is only three rounds. Um, if you this have is- a card, like, this should have headlined, to me, uh, the Ultimate Fighter card in Vegas. Because hmm. it, it, this is a five-round yard, a five round fight, not Stylebender. You want to see Stylebender knock someone out quick. Your five-round fight be, uh, you know, a minute. They're giving, you know, him just a, another guy on his level, like... Uh, and I, I think the Stylebender car fight might actually be off. I'm not sure. So told me that shit on Twitter today. I gotta look into that. Um, but yeah, like Holly Holm, Megan Anderson, this deserves that five round fight. It should feel that big. Um, especially if you want to build someone for Cyborg. But I get it. This gives them more eyes. Holly has a little bit of, you know, recognition. Well, we'll see what Megan has. She's had a nice amount of time off, but she's a big chick. She towered over Holly. Yes, he's really big. But Megan Anderson has, I don't want to say she has a pedestrian record, but it's not like people look at her and be like, man, she must be undefeated. No, she's not. She's lost a few fights. Holly's a better striker, but like I've always said, she's, she never overwhelms me with her striking ability. Um, but I think she finds a way to win this fight. I'm picking Holly home here. I think she'll, she'll pick Megan apart. Um, yeah, Megan's a big girl, but I mean, Holly's still got world-class boxing, and uh, I don't see Megan being that big of a threat. I could be wrong. Maybe she's come a long way. I just don't see it. What's crazy is Cindy, uh, Dan, I can never pronounce Cindy's last name. And Cindy's the nicest person, by the way. She's always like chilling in Vegas uh, with Misha Tate. Cindy Dantois. She's right. So cool. Um, she, I believe, is on the next season of The Ultimate Fighter for 145 pounds. And she's the last loss Megan Anderson suffered. So it's crazy to see 
that you have to go through the ultimate fighter to be in the 145-pound division when the person you beat in 2015, it's not even that long, in 2015, you subbed her in the first round, second round, and she gets pretty much what equates to a, a championship qualifying match, a number one contender's fight. And you beat her three years ago, and you got to work your way through a house. That's pretty shit. Crazy. Pretty crazy. MMA's a crazy game. Um, welterweight, Rafael Dos Anjos versus Colby Covington. <laughs> You're going to be surprised. Um, it's five rounds. I'm taking Colby Covington. How? N- not because of skills. Oh, it's going to be it. I mean, he's not stopping Dos Anjos, is he? Um, I, not many people are stopping Dos Anjos. The guy's a fucking tank. I, I think the only way he can win is to try to mimic Khabib's game plan, and that's to smother him. Smother Dos Anjos. Don't give him space. Hold him up against the cage. Um, I believe Tony Ferguson did something similar to him where he just frustrated him and kind of just – he wasn't on the ground smothered, but he was up against him smothering him. Um, so that's, you know, that's what I think you have to do. You can't give the man space to operate. Uh, but – you know, in the last what couple fights, he has a KO over Cerrone and a submission over Magni, and that's it. Decision, Lawler. Decision, Safferdine. Lost a decision of Ferguson. Got knocked out by Alvarez. He hasn't been a KO machine. Um, you know, Benson Henderson was a knockout, but before then, a long run of decisions, including Cerrone there. Lost to Khabib. So you can go the distance. Um with those Anjos, even at a bigger weight, I think. So I think it goes the, the length of it. I think Covington holds him down long enough. It's not going to be exciting Covington fight. But I, I think he does what he has to do. Wins three out of five rounds and gets that belt. And I want to see it. Because, you know, Dos Anjos, good job by you, man. You're a stand-up guy. You've had a belt before. I want to see Woodley knock his block off. Like, murderous KO. Hmm. So... Covington yeah. it is. I'm team Covington for this. Just so I can see him get knocked out in the future. Yeah, see, I completely disagree. And the reason why I disagree is this. When you get pieced up by Damian Maya in a five-round fight, and now you're fighting Rafael Dos Anjos, it's a completely different world of striking. Kobe can't stand there and strike with Dos Anjos. No. He got beat. Look, he was getting beat in the stand-up early by Damian Maya. Damian Maya beats nobody in the stand-up, but he was beating Kobe Covington. Kobe Covington is extraordinarily overvalued here. Um, he, people are looking at him as, you know, I mean, him getting his title shot is ridiculous. But I think in over the course of five rounds where Kobe Covington was gassing against Maya and the type of pressure that Dos Anjos puts on fighters, I think he's going to break Covington. Oh, I can see Dos Anjos beating the hell out of him and pummeling him and just stealing his will. Um, he's done it to plenty of people. I just really want to see Covington get knocked out with a one-hitter quitter. And it's not like that I really need Covington to win. Uh, I can, you know, detail how he can win the fight. I'm really just picking him just so I can see him against Woodley. I'm selfish that way. But I can, I, I honestly agree. Dos Anjos is the better fighter. He, he's the better fighter. I think, you know, I mean, obviously, Kobe Covington just completely says, I'd go visit the White House and blah, blah, blah. Like, look, I just want you to get beat up now. The filthy not animals that. comments. Yeah. He just, says he just, can't even trade with the Brazilians in his gym because he doesn't take it back. I just I think Dos Anjos he's incensed but he's not mad. I think he fights smart. I think he just picks Covington apart because Covington is really not that good. The only thing that Covington does have is great wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he won Pac-10 championship in college. He's a pretty good wrestler. 
I just don't know if he can sustain that for five rounds because every fight starts standing up. And I think Dos Anjos, if there's a little bit of space, he's going to take advantage of it and just pummel. That's the key. You can't give him any space. You got to you got to you got to fight like old school DC, like Strikeforce DC, where you just put your head in a guy's chest against the cage until he's tired and you can swoop his legs. And then you just lay on his ass on the ground, pummeling him, just stripping him of his energy. That's the only way he can win. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Yeah, but I'm it'd be interesting. Um, and then you know he's not going to out-wrestle Woodley. And he's not going to get Woodley down. No. And then you got to deal with the bombs. Like, I just want to see that fight. Um, now we have what is listed as a catchweight fight. That can't be right. No, it is. Oh, they, the they agreed? Anymore. Yeah, they agreed. You know, uh, Yoel Romero came in 0.2 pounds overweight. The second ti- second title fight in a row where he missed weight. So he can't why why didn't the- he just cut the 0.2 pounds? He couldn't. He was he was a pound over, and they he ran out of time. He waited in his second try, and he was point two over, and that that was it. He ran out of time. His bad. Make weight, guys. Wait. So or if he up. wins, Whitaker is still champion. Yes. His own fault, man. That's fucking ridiculous. It's the second so. time, you know, it's the second time he should have been the interim t- champion, which is bullshit anyway. But he should have been that against Rockhold. But he came in fat, and he did it again. And he's not eligible to win the title. Um, and he looked terrible on the scale today. And Whitaker can't lose the title. They just need to make him move up then. Like, my man, you're 40 years old. It's okay. This shit happens when you're 40. I mean, dog, look at his frame. Like, a man that looks like that at 40, is like, you're cutting weight? Like, how? <laughs> yeah, there's nothing left to cut. It's like, crazy. Yeah, so that's, that's bananas. We'll see. Um, you know, fighters who miss weight on a hell of a record. But what does the UFC do if they're champion gets knocked out i don't know and i mean for the record you know earlier this week i picked romero to win i figured that i wasn't sure about robert whitaker's knee from the coming back because he got injured against romero last year mm-hmm. um, and i think well, romero million sprawls that's why he got injured yeah well i mean there was the oblique kicks that worked too so i think romero's figured out a lot of things and he's looked a lot more explosive and he's just got this thing about knocking people out in the third round um and i picked him to beat whitaker early in the week but now if this weight cut was this difficult and it's a five-round fight, and Romero, and Whitaker's you know pretty sturdy trend, great takedown defense. I gotta go with Whitaker. I think I think that weight cut might really hurt Romero here. Yeah, I would uh, I would say the same thing. I would be like, uh, I, I was gonna take Whitaker anyway, to be honest. But Yoel missing weight kind of gives me trepidation, just because the great record people have when missing weight. Now I feel like Yoel might catch him. Uh, shit, he just did the same thing. He missed weight. People thought, you know, he looked a little sluggish against Rockhold early and then came with the bomb. So, uh, but I give it to Whitaker. I think he survives. For the sake of his division, he better. And we, yeah, we, don't, see. we don't need any more confusion after how this middleweight division has played out. Uh, with GSP winning the title, Bisping having the title. It's just been a mess. Just so hot it, potato in this division. Yeah, it'd be nice if one person could hang on to the title for a little while. Yeah, so that would be dope. So we'll see where that goes. Um, that's UFC, which is crazy. This, we got through that portion of the show finally. Now we have boxing to talk about. We'll be at Crawford versus Horn, which is also a shit show because of weight. And, yeah, so Horn, if he wins, vacates his title, I believe. Yeah. And if he loses, Crawford's the champion. So I'm picking Crawford anyway. Now, though, I think... And I might have thought this all along, but I, I'm definitely sure he gets um, 
he gets Horn out of there. I think, and I, I don't think it was a matter of Horn couldn't cut the weight. I think Horn was playing with it so he can be as heavy as possible to absorb the blows, kind of like we saw from Jacobs. Um, Jacobs did it in a smart way. way. He, he got down to the weight needed, but then didn't reach the, the fight day weight and just said, fuck it, I'm ballooning up. And I think Horn just, he played with the line too much and, and barely missed it. So I, I think Horn gets stopped anyway. Yeah, okay. So here's my thing about Bud Crawford. Um, and I'm actually writing a piece about this as we speak. Bud has a very nasty streak about him when he gets into a boxing ring. Um, he does, he's not a man of a lot of words, but when he says what he's going to do, he ends up doing it. And then in his fights, if he feels like dragging you along and then beating the crap out of you and then drowning you, he does that. Um, he did that against, I think, Felix Diaz. Um, Julius Ndongo, he just wanted to get him out of there. He was getting paid overtime. He just did what he had to do. Jeff Horn's team has been talking a lot, and they've been saying that they, you know, they can knock out Crawford. Jeff Horn will be too physical for Crawford, yada, yada, yada. Crawford is making his 147-pound division debut. Mm-hmm. He also knows that if how he performs is going to be how everybody else views him in the welterweight division. Um, he wants to fight the elite of the welterweight division, but he's, you know, obviously nobody's sure if Al Hamer will put any of his guys in there against Bud Crawford. I think Bud is one of the filthiest fighters, and I'm talking about him in a mean kind of way. When he gets in there, he's mean. Like, watch him fight. Watch what he does to people. He's going to abuse Jeff Horn tomorrow night. <laughs> it's not going to be pretty. Jeff Horn almost got knocked out by Manny Pacquiao. Let's not forget that. Oh, yeah. The ninth round, he was hurt badly. On top of that, that physicality stuff isn't going to work with Terrence Crawford because once he switches styles, he becomes a completely different fighter from what, what that stance. When he's southpaw, he's got an explosive jab. When he's when he's fighting orthodox, he's a great counterpuncher and he can kind of dictate the action. He's two different guys, and Jeff Warren's not ready for either of them. So this is, I think this is going to be if uh, it'll be ugly in terms of not an ugly fight but an ugly dominant performance that either Jeff Warren's corner throws in the towel around the seventh or eighth round or Bud just finishes him. Not knocks him out cold, but the ref jumps in and rescues Jeff Horn from a beating. I think so. And people say, you know, he's going to be bigger. He was bigger than Pacquiao. Like, yeah. Bud, Bud isn't as small as Pacquiao, and Pacquiao beat him. Like, he got the gift of being at home, like we just talked about earlier. He did not win that fight. Pacquiao almost stopped him in that fight. If his glove, which... Saved by the bell in that ninth round. If it touches, if, for some reason, I believe Pacquiao backed up and backed off of the gas when he had I mean, him clearly hurt. He this is past that was past his prime. Pacquiao Terrence Crawford is in the midst of his prime right now with this way is, more power at this point. And, and again, all Jeff Horn's team is doing is pissing him off. Like today, they cut open the gloves because they didn't like Crawford's gloves. They've been complaining about these gloves for a minute. They were talking about too much padding. You know, he's trying to protect his hand. They call it Bud a princess. Dude, there's a great profile. When I see Dan Raphael tomorrow, I'm going to tell him he did an excellent profile on Terrence Crawford. Excellent profile on ESPN. Nobody gets Bud to open up about his life. Mm-hmm. But this was a great story, and it tells you a lot about who he is. And Bo Mack, his trainer, they've all talked about this. When he gets in the ring, he's just he, he may not talk a lot, but he just abuses people. Dude, you don't think that he's not like even though we've tried to like I've talked we tried to talk to him this week, we tried to bait him into saying something, he won't say it. The only thing he said that it really caught me was like he comes at me like that, he might get hurt. When you say something like that and then just let it linger <laughs> in, in he, the most calm ass way possible. Yeah, there was no excitement. <laughs> he just said, you know, if he attacks me, if he comes at me and is physical, he might get hurt. He might get hurt. That dog, that's like you might get shot. 
You know, if you were in the wrong neighborhood. Like, come on, man. These aren't threats. These are promises. I think Terrence Crawford is just going to annihilate Jeff Ward and put the entire 147-pound division on notice. Like, nobody wants to fight him. Jose Jose Benavidez Jr., David Benavidez, older brother, who is much smaller than him, uh, fights on this card. And if he wins, he'll possibly get the shot at Crawford because I just don't see Crawford destroying Jeff Horn and Al Heyman being in any rush to put a fighter up against him. No, no, no. Definitely not one of the champions. And then if you don't put up one of the champions, what is it worth, right? Exactly. Like oh, this is in. Uh, Jeff Horn did actually make the weight. So he, it's, he made 147. Okay, good. I knew they would give him some time. Let, yeah. let the man have some time. Good. Doesn't matter. It he's doesn't still, matter. He's still getting washed. He's going to get beat up. And it's going to be even worse because now he had to drain himself even longer to make the weight. Yeah, not good. Uh, he's going to gasp by the fifth round and Bud's going to pick his ass apart. So we have that. We have uh, Mars versus Santa Cruz 2. It's going to be a good fight. Great fight. I can't believe we're missing it. Damn, StubHub. Um, fights there are just notoriously good anyway. I Is it weird that I don't care who wins? No. Like, I'm, I'm going to say Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz should win. Um, and I, I did a show about this earlier today. My problem with Leo is his... Defense is his offense, and he doesn't fight tall, but he fought tall against Carl Frampton when he won, squeaked out that decision. But sooner or later, that style is not conducive to a longer career. Morris fought him once, so Morris knows what's coming. He just has to pace himself better because he came out like a bat out of hell in the first round, won the first round, and then slowly was losing rounds. If he paces himself, he becomes a little bit more competitive. Um, I think Santa Cruz still wins because the, the, the deciding factor to me is what, if you go back and watch that Carl Frampton fight, Santa Cruz didn't come out like a typhoon of punches. He started controlling Carl with the jab. Carl mm-hmm. Frampton and Abner Mars are about the same height. I think Mars has like a two to three inch reach advantage over Frampton. So if he controls him from the outside, he wins this fight, not handily, but he, it, he makes it less exciting than what we're expecting. And I fully expect a round, round six, five, that that's exactly what Leo does. His corner says, look, you know what? This is a barn burner. We don't need this. Use your reach. Control the distance. Use your height. Win this fight. So you expect him to be smarter than just wailing punches like the first time. Yeah, yeah. I think think he starts off fast because you're you're fighting in L.A. Both you guys are from L.A. It's like the fight for L.A. You think about the last fight, how exciting it was. But I don't think you want that fight. Like, your corner's going to have to settle you down and say, look, man, you don't need to do this with him. You're taller than him. Use your physical attributes. So I think that's what he does by the middle rounds and wins a decision. All right. I'll take the same. I, I don't think, uh, even though these rematches, usually someone does go down and get knocked out. I don't think uh, Mares gets stopped, though. But So I'll give it to the Santa Cruz, but in a wider margin. No majority decision BS. This guy has the most majority decisions ever, by the way. Like, just give the man a fight outright. Come on. Um, Yeah, so I I think he wins unanimous decision, but one hell of a fight still. Uh, We have Charlo versus Trout. Knockout. Yeah, Trout's out of here. Like, every Charlo fight at this point, I'm knockout. Knockout. Like, they're only getting better. Their power's only growing. It's scary. Well, you know, there's two things about this. One, yes, the power is getting better. Two, they have different trainers, and their power is getting better. And his older brother already beat Austin Trout. So you don't think that he's already, you know, Jamel called Jamal and was like, what did you do? And they figured, look, Austin Trout, great fighter, but I, I, I hate using this guy's name because I, I know it's kind of disrespectful. But if anybody remembers William Joppy, William Joppy <laughs> was like a perennial contender. And it was just like he got beat up by all the elite He got names. washed by all the top people. I yeah. love William Joppy fights. 
Yeah, Tito Trinidad, Bernardo Hopkins, like when it was time to step up for a big fight, you fought William Joppy. Jamel Charlo is it's time to step up for a big fight. You beat up Austin Trout. Trout is he's over. It's not over the hill, but his best years are behind him when he beat Miguel Cotto when he had a close fight with Canelo. And you know Charlo's got to he's got to he, not getting paid overtime. Get out, get him out of here. I four, think Trout four KOs in a row. Yeah, just I think, crazy. I think Trout is a nuisance. Like he'll be annoying in the beginning, and it'll be a puzzle to figure out. But by the time he's figured out, he'll get knocked out. Yeah, I think so too. Um, it's crazy that Canelo handed him his first loss. I feel like he had lost before them, but still only thirty and four. I feel yeah, like he's lost record. a lot more than that. No, he hasn't. William Joppy didn't either. So that's why I said William Joppy was a guy who looked like, hey man, one day he's going to be great, but then you know the wheels came off, and then they put him up against elite competition. He just got beat up. Yeah, I thought Jamal beat him up a lot more. I guess not. Jamal no. took him to decision. So, but no, I, I think Jamal stopped him. Nonetheless, and then the other one, Shakur Stevenson, on the undercard of the fights that we're seeing, what do you expect? Am I weird for not like being overly enthusiastic by him so far? Like, he's a technician, but he doesn't like. It's not the same feeling I got like when I saw Javante. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Shakur is he's an Olympian, so he has the amateur style. And uh, I kind of sat down with him this week, and we talked. Um, and he's getting impatient. Like, he wants bigger fights. And I understand. He's 20 years old, and he's looking at guys like Lomachenko, you know, getting big fights. And he's, he thinks he can do that as well. And I'm not saying he can't. Um, maybe he can beat somebody like Josh Warrington or Lee Selby. But uh, I think that means he's going to start trying to knock people out. I think, he, like he says, a win is a win. But I think he wants to be really impressive doing it. But isn't so, this the time where he's supposed to knock people out? You take the chances against lesser competition. Well, yes and no. Again, with Shakur, it's... He's he's more technician than you know guy who just knocks people out. Even Floyd so racked up the knockouts early. Yeah, again, it's like with Shakur. I think he's still transitioning from being an Olympic boxer to a professional boxer. It's only his second year. He's got three knockouts in six fights. I think he collects his his fourth knockout tomorrow night. I think he's kind of figuring out how to sit down on his punches. I mean, truthfully, four rounds is not a long time. Six rounds is not a long time. Eight rounds is a little longer. And if guys hang around for eight rounds, then we might have a problem with your power. So I think Shakur gets him out of here and he starts moving forward, collecting a lot more knockouts. So I think it, it starts here and I think he starts showing that there's something special about him because he is a really good fighter. He's trained. He sparred with Gary Russell Jr. and a bunch of other guys. I think he's special. I don't know how special he's going to end up being at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, man. It, they're banking on him to be special. Yeah. So they, they, they need him to be special. So... This is the time where you have to learn. You have to take chances. When you really, honest to God, I don't think these guys can hurt you. Because if you don't do it now, you ain't going to do it later. We, listen, Keith Thurman's taking every chance in the book. And they've damn near neutered him. At, the highest, at the highest rankings of 147. No, who's the, who's the dude who hit him? And he was like, oh, shit. He ain't been the same since. Um... Got hit with like a body blow or something. Oh god, that was Fuck. Who was it? I can't name. remember. Yeah, but that that changed him. Cause before then he was just you know running and gunning. He didn't care at all. Not a care in the world. He's knocking everyone down. And then next thing you know, it stops him in his tracks, and you just don't know what happened oh, to him. Julio that, Diaz? No, no, no. It wasn't Julio Diaz. It was, was it uh, that? no, no, a uh, Bundu. Bundu cut him with a shot, but no, no, no. It was uh, Luis Colazzo. Oh, Luis Colazzo. Oh, and he got Colazzo out of there. Yeah. He Guerrero hurt him too, though. 
Yeah, but but see, this is the difference between Keith Thurman and Terrence Crawford. This is the exact point that I'm saying. Keith Thurman won the title, and now his job. And I, I, I'll use this as a reference point. I asked Conor McGregor this years ago. Um, I think it was after the Poirier fight. I was like, "What is the difference between Jose Aldo then and now?" And I was like, "Are you a fighter who defends the title, or are you a fighter that who wins the title?" And he looked at me for a minute. and He was like, "I fight to win." Crawford fights to win. And no matter if there's a belt on the line, he fights to win. Keith Thurman now fights to defend. He's, he's like he fights to retain his title. So it's like he wins seven rounds. He goes, I'm good, and I'm going to cruise the rest of the way. But just he's a different guy. He's like, I'm winning, but I'm going to finish you because I fight to win. I don't like how Keith Thurman fights now. He takes his foot off the gas. He took his foot off the gas against Danny Garcia, and it almost cost him the fight. Um, and he had a barn burner with Sean Porter, which he barely won. So it's guys like that, like Shakur Stevenson's got to fight to win now. He has no title yet, and he won't have one for a while, but you need to go out there and fight to prove something. Bud still has something to prove. Keith thinks he's already proved it. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's To me, it's what I saw in Jose Aldo. Yeah, that's that's my point. Where like, I was Jose like, Aldo, yo, he just started to fight just to keep the title. Exactly. He fought to defend. Like when you're defending, that means that somebody's coming at you. That means that just your guards up and you're trying to do enough to keep that person from breaking into your house. Whereas, you know, what Conor McGregor did, he's like, I'm coming outside. I'm shooting you on my lawn. You're not even getting <laughs> to my front door. Yeah. You got to fight like that. You have to fight like gotta that. Got to remain Jose, hungry. Yeah. Jose Aldo stopped doing that. The moment he stopped, <laughs> when he destroyed Mike Brown, Uriah Faber, then it just became a point um, where he just, Mark Hominick, I believe it was, where he was just like, oh, man, my condition is not that great. I'm just going to cruise these decisions. And that's yeah. when the hunger left. It's just, all you fighting to do is defend that title. And we saw Not that recently. Like, we saw that in the last Holloway fight, where the more offensive input he tries to give, the more it gasses him. And I think we might see the same from Keith Thurman. Because you look at the end of uh, the Porter fight, and you're just looking like, yo, this guy's not the same. No. And it looks like he, Connor, I guess Connor has that same problem, right? When you put so much into your offense, so much power, and so much strength. You dedicate so much to it, you just gas. So a lot of champions are just like, yo, I'm a coast. Yeah. And it so, makes for horrible fights. Um, so Exactly. Yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. Let's switch to wrestling real quick. Um, New Japan Pro Wrestling, we have Best of Super Juniors Tournament. And to me, I thought it was going to be a step down from years past. Boy, was I wrong. Yeah, this was good. This was one of the best recently. Uh, man, it, it's it's crazy how good it was. And some people who you know stood out to me, uh, Show and Yo. Yeah, they were great. Are dope, right? Even the singles guys. Yeah, they were they were really good. It's cool to see people step out of the the tag team aspect, and this is I guess WWE can't do it. Um, but this is what kind of WWE is missing, even with their tag team guys. It's just, you know, these one-off tournaments. Because it was cool to see Carl uh, Anderson when he was in G1, right? Yeah. You're like, yo, he can go. Like, Machine Gun has it. And it's cool to see when you're not having to deal with the psychology of a partner all the time. And hot tagging or waiting or doing spots. It was dope to see people like that. And I wish WWE did a little more of that. Because there's, there's a lot of groups... That kind of have like you know a Janetti and have a Sean, right? And it's cool to like split them up and, and just see what they have. Sometimes that would have been the perfect thing for American Alpha. 
You never have to break them up if you just let Jason Jordan go into a tournament every now and then. Yeah, the WWE. Um, I mean, we'll save that entire conversation about yeah, next week. It's WWE heavy. Yeah, we'll talk about that so, next week. But you're, you're absolutely right. Like showing Yo when the, Nick and Matt were both in the Best of Super Juniors, they got to show themselves as singles wrestlers, but they were still in a tag team. And showing Yo, they 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 both had different looks. Um, they fought different styles in the Best of Super Juniors, and they were impressive. And it's and when they come back together, the stock just goes up. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, watching them, and of course, Dragon Lee. Like, I just enjoy Rasha. Like, Dragon Lee and Takahashi are just like, these guys are like crash system dummies. They just fly all over the place. <laughs> That's um, great. Um, Skrull, I was surprised he came up short. Yeah, see, I, I wasn't. I, I, you know, I, I can't remember who I picked to win, but, I, you know, I felt like Bone Soldier had a chance. But, uh, yeah, it's just like with Skrull, with the R- now he's in this ROH title picture. It'd be feel weird for him to win the Best of Super Juniors and then be in the ROH champion. It just seems like he's ready to move up, and he's he's not going to win that um, that light heavy that junior heavyweight crown. It's not happening. It's just weird. He lost the show. Show yeah. caught him, kept him out uh, in a good match, but it was like, come on. Um, so that was a little weird. Takahashi going to the final, going into it. I wasn't overly enthused about it. Because once again, I thought, you know, Skrull in his bracket, Dragon Lee in his bracket, um, Kushida to a point, but I didn't expect that. But I I thought, you know, some other people might have done a little bit better in the bracket. Um, Flip Gordon had a good showing on the other side. So did ACH, actually. Um, I was just like, okay, Takahashi's in it. But I came around because the final was incredible. Oh, for Block A, obviously, uh, we had Ishimori. Uh, going to the final, and you know Osprey, that tiebreaker scenario is a motherfucker. So Osprey yeah. wasn't even in it, which is crazy. Um, but no, yeah, uh, Takahashi, and I get it. I get the character. Character's dope. Everything else, I, I just you know I haven't been as high on Takahashi as other people. This might have changed my mind. Yeah, I mean the main event with Taji Ishimori was. Phenomenal. I mean, the in-ring action, the out-of-the-ring action, the, they bumped like madmen. Um, the wild, frantic finishes. It's just one thing that New Japan does extraordinarily well. Like, the final stretch is always a super hot affair where, you know, guys are trying to get near falls and doing whatever they can. Um, and I'm big on Takahashi. When Takahashi showed up uh, and then destroyed um, – uh, damn, who was it? What's the name Kushida. of the cat? What's the name of the cat? Oh, shit. I can't think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's my favorite yeah, part. When he came in and destroyed Kushida, it's just, you know, he's just really fun to watch. Uh, you know, LIJ is just an excellent stable. Um, they have a lot of gold right now. You know, it's 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 very possible that Takahashi could win the gold back from, from uh, Osprey this weekend. I don't think he will, but I think we're going to be in for a hell of a match. And oh, his name to- is Daryl, by the way. Daryl, that's it. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I want to point out one thing about the Takahashi Ishimori match. There was an underhook butterfly powerbomb that I, I've seen few times that he, he just planted Ishimori with. If you could find it, look at this move. Never will happen in WWE. But it was like it was a double underhook butterfly powerbomb. It was stupid. Um, but this, this is probably in a year of great matches. This is another match of the year contender. Won't win it, but it's up there. It was it, a damn good match. It's crazy that in the past week, I'd say a little over a week, I saw two what equates to you know you can do uh, cruiserweights. You can call them you know um, junior whatever you want. I saw two matches that in the end will be probably two of my favorite matches of the year. And in WWE had it Alexander. 
Um, Alexander's title defense was incredible. Absolutely. Inc- yo, incredible. The past two weeks of 205 Live has been the best WWE like weekly program this year. Um, <laughs> yeah, th- this past one with What's-His-Face, who keeps cutting weight. Um, oh, why can't I remember his name? Mr. Alexis Bliss. Nonetheless, oh, Buddy Murphy. Murphy. So Buddy Murphy coming up short. Um, against Cedric, which is great. And then Bernie Murphy this past week, um, it was kind of like a, a rematch. Let's see who gets back there. Uh, match was I- incredible. And they're just putting on really, really good matches there. So to have good cruiserweight matches in a WWE and then have amazing matches and battles, best of the Super Juniors, it's like, yo, like I really, really enjoyed it. And best of the Super Juniors, like I say all the time on a podcast, is my favorite tournament New Japan does. Everyone looks at me crazy, like, oh, my God, G1. I have way more, way more fun in Best of Super Juniors. But I'm about to flippy shit. Yeah, no, I love G1. But Best of Super Juniors is excellent. Um, this And this was just another excellent tournament. It leads us right into uh, this weekend's Dominion, which is, damn, it's, it's like I, you come home from two boxing and one UFC card, and then New Japan comes on at, like, what, two in the morning? I'll be watching it on Sunday. There's just no way I could watch all this. Yeah, no, I can't watch it all. Um which is crazy. I will avoid spoilers. That wow. that I would do like the plague. And I actually work on Sunday, so I'll probably have to uh, catch this. Shit, I don't even know. I, I guess I'm going to watch it at work. Fuck it. Don't tell nobody. So I'm going to watch it on Sunday at the station probably and have it on. And maybe watch it two times. Just let it run through. But the card is incredible. Um, we have Suzuki Gun opening it up against Rapungi 3K, Show and Yo, who just put on incredible performances. So, uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. I, I think Show and Yo lose, but it's gonna. You, can you open with something better than this? Oh man, uh, I don't think so. Uh, I think this is gonna be a great match, uh, but. I think Rapongi 3K is going to retain. After what they did at Best of Super Juniors, I don't think Desperado and uh, Kanemaru is going to take the title off of them. I thought Rapongi 3K were going for the rematch. I think they lost it. Yeah, what well, did they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Suzuki Gun's the yeah, champion. Right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. No, this right. is this is that uh, automatic rematch clause that WWE yeah. has. Yeah, they'll get. I think they get the titles back here. New Japan loves that shit. WWE, you never win that automatic rematch clause. No. New Japan, but, yeah. you get the belts right back. They just look so good. Like like I said, they look really good at Super Juniors. I think that gives them a little bit of momentum as well. Suzuki go. Nah, there. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, then we have Taguchi Japan, Juice Robinson, and David Finley. Didn't even know they had a name. Uh, versus Chaos, Jay White, Yoshihashi. Uh, nice little filler match. They love doing these tag teams and three-way matches, whatever. I'll go with Chaos. Uh, no, I'm, I'm picking Juice and Finley here. Um, I just think they have a lot of momentum. You know, I'm not a Juice uh, guy. <laughs> I, I've liked Juice in New Japan is much better than what he was in NXT. So oh god, anything's better than that. Tree yeah. hugger gimmick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we have another chaos. Chaos stable is just strong right now. Uh, we have Ishii and Yano versus Minoru Suzuki and Zack Saber Jr. Come on, <sighs> Suzuki and Zack Saber Jr. are taking this, and this yeah. is going to be an entertaining match. So if I have one gripe about New Japan right now, it's where Zack Sabre Jr. has been booked after winning the New Japan World Cup. Um, he's kind of disappeared. Do you, See, I was going to ask you about this. Because this match, and it's my WWE brain, which is horrible. Um, but 
it, it's just something that always comes to mind when, when they pair these two together and you have the leader of the pack. Do we get a swerve sooner or later? Do we get Zack Sabre Jr. being fed up with being number two? No, not right now. Naro? I I think they're just trying to they're just buying their time for until uh, G one okay. essentially. I just don't think I I think they don't know exactly where to put them right now, so they put them in you know these type of matches because Ishii's gonna have a strong show in the G one like he always does, mm-hmm. um, and Saber will as well. And I think Saber is a dark horse for G one. I don't think anybody necessarily thinks he'll win, but after what he did at New Japan World Cup, two um, tournaments in one year is lofty. It, I don't think he'll win it. I just think he'll have an incredible outing that maybe sets him up for an IC title, uh, you know, runner, whatever. Yeah, maybe that's yeah, about it. Yeah, that's not bad. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be a fun match. Anytime you see EC and Suzuki together, uh, yeah, no, he's a goofball. But, you know, once you see this, I think this will be fun. I just think uh, Zack Sabre and Suzuki take the match. Yeah, I think so, too. And then we have uh, Goto versus Elgin versus Tai Chi, Openweight Championship. Um is it weird that I think Big Mike is going to win it? Yes. Uh, the reason why I say that is because Tai Chi has all the momentum right now. I don't like um, Tai Chi. He's yeah, getting I mean, a good push, but yeah. Yeah, I think it's his time. I mean, I wouldn't surprise me. And this is not Goto a bad title to try on him, though. So no, no. I think Goto, you know, it's not. it wouldn't be out of the element for Goto to retain, but I think Tai Chi is on that, you know, He's on that upward trajectory, especially heading into G1 and everything else that's going on, which I figure that Tai Chi will be in it. Um, I think it's to be a good spot for him to carry a title. So I'm going to go with Mr. Tai Chi. All right. Not bad with Tai Chi. Uh, let's see. LIJ, Evil and Sonata versus the Young Bucks for the IWGP Tag Championships. The regular ones. The Bucks moving up in the world. Yeah. I think the Bucks win it. Man, this is... I don't is... know if someone's held both. Have they held? Like, it's so hard to go from junior heavyweights. And they've been junior heavyweights since they came over. Yeah. This is a big boy division. Like, I'm very interested in this match. And Evo and Sonata are just, they, what the Bullet Club was and when they left. And, you know, you you had Gallows and Anderson. I was like, oh, who's going to take that spot? And I said on this podcast, I was like, girl, is it destiny? Really? Like, that's it? Like, but I, I think Evo and Sonata have made themselves a legit tag team. And one of the best in the world. Yeah, I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna pick Evil Sonata to retain because I fully expect there to be a rematch, um, and the Bucks will get it at some point. But I think that you know they might not get it here. And uh, aren't they, they having an American swing after this? Mm, I know they have the San Francisco show, so they could okay. the Bucks could win at the San Francisco show. I believe that's July. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I can see that. So yeah, I'm picking Evil and Sonata um, just because Lij. We're talking about momentum. These are, this is a stable that's carried a ton Crazy. of momentum. Um, yeah. So, I, I, but it, one way or another, we're just going to have a great match. Oh yeah, so, we're not going to be disappointed at all. Absolutely not. But I'm going to pick Lij here. And that's by the way where the the whole card is probably going to be good. We just talked about some of the matches, but this is where it picks up. Yeah, absolutely. So that's going to be great. Um, Tanahashi, Jushin Thunder Liger, and Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Cody Hangman and Skrull. It. Listen, yeah. it's going to be a spot fest. It's going to be fun, though. And yeah, no, it's going to be, be cool. fun. Um, nostalgia in this match. Rey Mysterio Jr. is not losing his New Japan match. No, but Jushin Thunder Liger is. Um, Rey Mysterio <laughs> Jr. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's hey, exactly. Hangman takes a pick. No, no. Hangman Page, he's got momentum. Skrull, of course, and Cody. And with everything going on with the Bullet Club, I can't see uh, Cody Jushin and Skrull Thunder. wrestle two weeks after ROH. I think yeah, we see dissension. But, I think Hangman does the job. 
Nah, I, I, Juice and Thunder Liger's taking this pin. That's just how I see it. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a good match, though. With Tanahashi in there. And uh, I don't know. Tanahashi feels a little weird to me. Is he in his swan song? I, I, we say this all the time. Yeah, but he's but like this, John Cena. Yeah, like it, it. he had the Okada thing, but it just felt like that was filler. And it was the right way to have Okada, you know, get the record. But Tanahashi's just like... You know, waiting around, not doing anything really. And he'll get a G1 push because he always does. But it's just, it's weird. He just feels kind of like blah to me right now. Um, I mean, Kenny Omega kind of took his spot. Yeah, I mean, Tanahashi just had the excellent match with Okada with the last one. So, no, yeah, yeah. But he got that spot off of, yo, Okada wants to break the record. Let's just do this for nostalgic purpose. Yeah, do it against the guy who you got the title from. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, Again, it's just, you know, Bullet Club, I just think that you look – Juice and Liger's taking the pin. You just you, you <laughs> look at it on paper, you're like, who who can afford to lose and nobody cares? Juice and Thunder Liger. I mean, Hangman Page is around that same – it's not <laughs> a far stretch of the imagination with Hangman taking a pin off of no. 619. We'll, rever- we'll revisit this next week. Juice and Thunder Liger's taking the pin. Okay, let's agree. There's only two people that can take a pin in this match. Yeah. No, definitely. All only right. two. <laughs> um, Osprey versus Takahashi. Man, this is rough um, because I feel like Osprey kind of just got the title. But then it's just like LIJ, you know, LIJ, even though Naito didn't win the title at Wrestle Kingdom, they've just been collecting titles. So I wouldn't be surprised if Takahashi got the title off of Osprey and they just had a wild ass rematch, you know, down the lane. Um, so I'm going to go out on a limb and say Takahashi. You know, everything tells me that, that Osprey should win, but I'm going to go ahead and say Takahashi gets the title. Wow, off of that great run, um, I think Osprey wins it though. But Takahashi, I mean, he's he's not far off, and like he said, he was hot during that tournament. So I'll come, you know, I'll come around to it. But Osprey just got the belt. One other thing that that makes me think about Osprey losing. If anybody watched the Best of Super Juniors final, there was a tease of Osprey and Ibushi that I was like, I want to see that, and it wouldn't be for the junior heavyweight title. Like I just want to see that match. So. It could be something. It could be a red herring. It could be nothing at all. Um, but when I saw there was a point where they both did um, Pele kicks, and they both landed, and they were staring face-to-face, and the crowd was white hot. And I was like, I would love to see Kota Ibushi and Will Ospreay. But you have to get the title off Ospreay for that match to happen. So I'm right that's the other yeah. thing. Listen, take the title off him right now for that match. Uh, then we have Tetsuya Naito versus Chris Jericho. Jesus. Wow. Um. Crowd's gonna be crazy. Jericho's gonna play it up. It's not gonna be the Jericho Omega match, um, but I expect shenanigans and run-ins and craziness. Uh, Naito, yikes! Naito wins. Chris Jericho doesn't need to win. Like it, they're really gonna give Chris Jericho the belt. Um, Naito wins. I oh shit. I don't know. I gotta really see when this U.S. card is. Because Jericho come in and hold the belt for like three weeks ain't bad. Um, yeah, fuck it. I'm sticking with Naito. Okay. So I'm going to say Chris Jericho wins. Because I think Naito is pr- either going to win G1 this year and get another shot at Okada. I will say he just won. Take- yeah, or he's taking the title off of Okada this October. One of the two things is going to happen. 
Not sure which one yet, but I think that means he's got to he'll either enter a, a program with Jericho where he ends up losing the IC title, but he, he gains all the momentum by winning G1 or pulling the, the upset off against Okada in October. So I think Jericho wins round one. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes the other way. I just I'm curious at how they're booking this. It's just Naito's a guy. He's in Okada's position where Okada, every time he thought he was supposed to be Tanahashi, he didn't. And then he finally did. Naito, a lot of people are still pissed off he didn't win Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. I think they're moving in that direction. Raising my hand right now. (laughs) I think they're moving in that direction with this Jericho feud to get the title off of him. Jericho brings it to the stage. They have a rematch or whatever they do. And uh, Naito ends up, you know, somehow getting his hands on the heavyweight title finally. If if, if it's winning G1, I'm totally fine with that. All right. I guess I'm not mad at that. All right. I don't know. Yeah, Chris can't job forever. Like, Chris can't just keep. Getting no, all this he heat and then lose it. Exactly. I think he has to pick up a win sooner or later and, and enter an extended program. Yeah. So Naito could be that program. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. And then we have uh, Okada versus Omega. No time limit. Over under an hour. Oh, I think we're going over an hour. I think, I think we're going over an hour. Uh, that's ridiculous. Um, that's going to be so good. Okada wins. No, fuck it. Kenny Omega wins. This is it, man. I know you, you almost talked me into it just because of your Naito theory. But fuck it. No, I've, I've held true. Okada broke the record. He he brought it full circle versus Tanahashi. And that was his uh, ode to Okada. Now it's time for Kenny Omega to come and take this strap. It's over. Straight okay. done. So let's have some fun with this real quick. I think Okada's going to win. However, let's put out a, a scenario. Kenny Omega wins. Becomes champion. Kota Ibushi wins G1. Kenny Omega versus Kota Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, I'm with it. Like, <laughs> easy, right? Like, it doesn't get much better than that. Because you, you built them back up together and to be such a strong unit. You need somewhere for Kenny to go after this Bullet Club feud. Um, I, I wouldn't mind that October pay-per-view, which slips my mind right now. Kings of Pro Wrestling. Kings of Pro Wrestling. Being that, that blow-off match between Cody and Kenny for the belt. Kenny retaining and then having going to, uh, you know, going to Wrestle Kingdom against Cody. And that's a match. That, listen, just pencil him in for another seven-star match right now. <laughs> so so I'm going to go. I, I think Please, Okada's let's speak that into existence. Yeah. Like, no, don't, don't say Okada. Let's speak this Omega angle into existence. I, I think Okada's going to win because I feel like they're going to put that title on Naito. But if they went with Kenny Omega here, I could totally see them having Wrestle Kingdom with Ibushi and Omega. Their best friends fighting for the title would be insane. Oh, the crowd would be so hot. They'd hug it out at the end, but they'd beat the shit out of each other during the match. It'd be great. Unbelievable. So, and yeah. uh, Ibushi hasn't been champion, right? Mm-mm. And if Kenny loses at Wrestle Kingdom, I don't care who it's to... Uh, I, when, whenever anyone loses at Wrestle Kingdom, I'm thinking they're going to the WWE. So let's let's hope Kenny wins at Wrestle Kingdom. Quiet yeah. though, that noise. Uh, yeah, man. So that's that's our show for today. It was crazy. Yeah, but, sorry guys, no WWE because WWE sucks. This, <laughs> it, we'll Dre talk is about super sour right now with the E. Let's just be honest. Booking. It's been bad, and I'll go into great depth into why this is the worst era of storytelling and pro wrestling in the past 30 years. And people are gonna be like, what? The worst. This is up like the past few years. Like I really, past- I really dislike 2008 to 2011. But I mean, they did have like Del Rio. 
That's some other good shit. Purely, purely from a storytelling perspective, not from a wrestling perspective. Purely from character development to storytelling. I'll explain why next week. Can't wait for that show. Next week is going to be WWE Heavy. We'll recap a ton of the combat sports we talked about today. We'll see what other craziness happens in the world for us to talk about and lead the show with. So thank you guys for listening. Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at The Corner LSN. Me at Kel Dansby. Him at Andreas Hale. We have a busy-ass weekend. So for right now, we're out. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.